Hi all, this is Oliver Cookson and welcome to the seventh episode of Bootstrap Your Life. For anyone who's listened to the podcast before, they know that I bootstrapped a business and grew it to a, a multi-million pound exit. And this podcast is all around you asking me a question around that process or around business in general, and then I'll give you my best answer. I'd first just like to say a massive thanks to everyone who's left a review or sent me a message on my website, olivecookson.com or via LinkedIn. Um, basically saying thanks for the for the show. You're finding it really useful and helpful and inspiring. So having that feedback motivates me to continue the podcast. And as long as it keeps getting good feedback, I'll I'll keep dedicating the time to do it every week. So with that in mind, I would really appreciate anyone who's found this useful to tell a friend about the podcast or tell a colleague or tell a family member or tell or tell them all. Maybe that can be in person or on social media. Maybe you can link to the podcast on, on your Facebook page or maybe you can just tell your friends at work or, or, or down the pub now. So that's the key thing for me. As long as the podcast is being listened to and the, positive, the feedback is positive, then I'll continue to do it because the key aim of the podcast is to help people. So the more people I help, the better it is really. So that would be really, really appreciated. Since I've started the podcast, I've had a lot of more requests to help on one, on a one-to-one basis. So a, a call here or maybe meet for a coffee. I literally get hundreds of requests like this a week. So I really don't mean to be rude if I don't answer you or I say I can't. It's just that I physically couldn't do it for everyone and it's unfair to pick one or two people. Um, it would literally be more than a full-time job. So I hope you can appreciate that's not possible for me to do. So this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do the podcast because I can help hopefully many people with one one answer. That's the that's one of the key drivers. However, it got me thinking, how could I offer one-to-one advice to, to people or a person? And I thought it'd be a great way to do a competition to actually offer some time on a one-to-one basis with me to help run through an idea or a business idea or whatever the question may be around business to give you to give you that little bit of a jump start maybe. So I'm really happy to announce that I'm going to launch a competition where you can win an hour of time with me on a call to run over any of your business plans you have or or questions you may have and you can ask me directly and I can give you an answer for exactly what you're looking for and we can just have an open chat. So if that's of interest then it'd be great for you to get involved. So the way to get involved is pretty simple. You just go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a review, a written review and then screenshot that and send it to me at hello at olivercookson.com. So you can email it to hello at olivercookson.com. So very simply, leave me a review, screenshot it, and email it to me. And what we will do in on the 5th of August show, which is 30 days, we will announce a winner. We'll pick one, one winner um, out of the lucky draw. And yeah, I'll pick it. And then in August, we can arrange a call and we'll run through any specific problem or question or idea that you have. And I'll give you my dedicated advice on how to how I feel you should execute it or what the best way around the problem is. I'm not sure what the uptake will be, but if it's successful, then it's something I will look to do again and maybe even try and 
build out the idea and maybe help more people in in the month or come up with some other ideas but this is a starting point anyway so finally before we come to the question i just want to thank a few people who've left me a review i would like to say thanks to annabelle from pursuit the label sam coco massey 314 lantonio 90 and t magic all thank you very much for taking the time to leave me a review which is greatly appreciated and there is your shout so thank you very much for that so to the question the question is from kevin and he asked what customer acquisition strategies would you recommend for a bootstrapped brand so how would i recommend or what would i recommend to do for a bootstrap business to acquire new customers especially in those early years so i think the best way to answer this first of all would be to say what I actually did in the early days of my protein, like the very early days, like at the start, I will answer that first. So there was there's a few different channels, if you like. So I started the gym when I was 16, and it was really a, a turning point, in one of the turning points in my life. I was maybe going down a few wrong paths, and the gym really instilled some discipline and focus for me. I became a bit of an amateur bodybuilder. Um, so I never competed, but I was, I certainly lived that lifestyle. I still went out and I still enjoyed myself, but I, but, um, the, the weekdays were a lot more disciplined. So I was already into the gym and I used to be a member of a forum called Muscle Talk, which was run by a, a really nice guy called James Collier. So after I launched my protein, I created a new membership profile called my protein and I just started to interact with the user base on there. Obviously the, the customer base on Muscle Talk was absolutely the customer we were looking for at my protein in those early days. And I basically tested the water, effectively like a, an MVP, a minimal viable product from the Lee methodology. Well, it was before then, but it was a similar, it, it was the same sort of idea. Just just dropped a, a post saying, would anyone be interested in buying protein at this price? And this is how we're going to do it. We have a customizer where you can customize the product. So it's a really strong value add. Obviously, the, the, the price was great, much cheaper than the competition, but the same quality. And we put the certificate of analysis on to show the quality was there, independent testing. We also then give the ability to customize your orders, which was something which was unique. So... It obviously turned everyone on because it was something, a real strong proposition. So that's, again, so important for a bootstrap business. You have to have a real strong USP or a strong value proposition. I know bang on about that so much, but it's it's so, so, so important. So from that, so I had a captive audience on Muscle Talk, had a great proposition. Mix the two together, you've typically got a, a winning ticket. And from there, the traction started and I saw the green shoots of the, the customer uptake. So those early customers from Muscle Talk became real brand ambassadors. They were passionate about the brand. They loved everything about it. And then obviously from there, they would then tell their friends down the gym, etc. And I saw that early. So I therefore made a really unique, at the time, referral system, which I'll come to later on. So if we look at the referral system as the second channel, if you like, the third channel, and they're in no particular order, but the third channel was Google AdWords. So Google AdWords in 2004 is very different to Google AdWords in 2020. Obviously, the principles are exactly the same. There's just a lot more depth 
and um, features in, in the version 16 years later, of course. However, the principles are exactly the same. My mind is very much in the analytical, data-driven mindset anyway. So I set up an account on Google AdWords and I built the AdWords campaign from scratch, from the ground up. And that is actually something I managed and I was only the person managing it till around 2009, four years or so after the launch of my protein. I was in there every day, multiple times a day, bid pushing, bid pulling, tweaking, seeing what works, adding more. And the campaign was super efficient. I think our CPA was around £2.34. So that's cost per acquisition, which which is without brand terms as well. Because obviously if, if you put brand in there, it'd be a lot lower because uh, people are searching for my protein on Google and clicking my protein ads. But that's not a true cost per acquisition because they're already looking for your brand. So taking that out of the equation, which is, which is really actually a, a good point for if you're working with any digital marketing agencies, always ask them to give you a, um, a cost per acquisition or make sure they present the report without brand because a lot of them will try and put it in there to, to dilute the, the CPA and make it look better than it is. But those customers are already customers, so it's a bit of a false negative. So yeah, the, the cost was 234 and that was without brand. So it was super good. The, one of the reasons it was good, well, there's a few reasons. Key, key reason was it was very well managed and I was fully in there. I believe you can manage it a lot better than an agent you can. You believe in it, you you know what customers want, you know the products, and you, you you care a lot more. So I do highly recommend that in a bootstrap business, you do start by doing your own ads campaign, learn about it, and it's now you've got Facebook, which is the same, which is paid search as well. So just it's not that difficult. Just get in there and learn. There's so many tutorials out there, and believe me, you'll do a lot better job than the most agencies uh, for sort of budget you've got on a bootstrap and maybe you've not even got a budget to use an agency bootstrapping so just get in there and try it but just start with a small amount maybe 10 pounds a day and and build up once you find the niche obviously there's a whole podcast on on, on paid search and how best to do it so I'll, I'll leave that there but i would certainly say that was a huge channel for us however i do know in 2020 if i was to do a campaign on around protein and all the different long tail words then it would cost a lot more than £2.34. I think you'd be lucky to get a acquisition, cost per acquisition for around 20 or £25 now, I think, uh, last time I checked. So obviously the mar- that's because the market's a lot more saturated. There's obviously a lot more advertisers. There's a lot more people looking for it, so it's more competitive. So it is a lot, lot different. And another rule of thumb I would use is if you can't make the money on the first order to cover all the costs of the advertising, the products, etc. then I would avoid it on a bootstrap business because you're just going to burn cash. In fact, it's not probably viable. Um, so always you need to make money on that first order, really, to make it a viable channel. So coming back to the referral system, this was, if I'm honest, one of probably my best innovative ideas. It was something that wasn't around at the time in globally I don't think and certainly not in the sports nutrition industry but my referral scheme was a massive driver for customers and it costed nothing well very very little which I'll explain so how it came about was I saw that I was getting a real good base of customers and in the early days I was focused on attacking the the hardcore as you as, as i'd like to call it bodybuilding market so real the guys who live and breathe 
bodybuilding and obviously their key supplement for them is protein. So what my angle there was thinking, obviously that was the market back then. And as, as my protein grew, the market sh- shifted to more of a lifestyle as well as obviously the, the, the hardcore, but the lifestyle market is a lot bigger than the hardcore market now, or what even was near 2009, 2010. However, the, so the, the, the idea was to focus on really attracting those those real hardcore uh, bodybuilders because my reasoning was if you went to a gym and you were starting out and you wanted to get some advice of how to to put on mass you wouldn't go and ask the the skinny guy in the corner you'd go and probably ask the guy who was stacked and looked looked like a bodybuilder or maybe not ask, but maybe if you saw him drinking a a shake protein with my protein on it, or you'd always obviously veer towards that person to to get the advice because they've, they've obviously been there and done it. So that was my idea. But then I thought, how can I incentivize these guys to tell those guys about my protein and how can I incentivize the people who've been told it to buy it and make sure they go and win? So I thought there needs to be a call to action on both sides here. It needs to be a win-win. So the idea came up was on the MP referral scheme was effectively every customer who joined onto the site, it was a incremental number. So I was actually MP1. Um, I, I was the first customer. Obviously, it was a test account. And then everyone on from there went to two, three, four, et cetera, et cetera. So everyone had a unique code. And what I did was I created a business card, which which was effectively just said the top line information on what my protein was and um, some of the strong selling points and the USPs. And then on the back, it flips it over. You had a space where you could write your MP code. So I, I always put those in an order, about five of them. If it's a bigger order, there's maybe more. And the then the person who bought the products would write their MP code to say MP123 for argument's sake. Then they, in the gym, if someone came to them and said, oh, what protein do you use? Or it came up in conversation, they'd go, I use my protein. And rather than them just trying to remember the name of it, then what they could do was they could give them the card with their number on it and say, if you use this card, when you get to the checkout, enter the referral code, MP123, and you'll get 5% off, I think it was. Is it 5 or 10? I can't remember. I think it was 5. You get 5% off your first order. So therefore the person who is being referred would use the code because they're obviously getting 5% off the first order. But the the clever bit, if you like, was that the person who was referring them, they would get five reward MP reward points for every one pound the referrer spent. So it was in their interest to tell them to spend as much as possible, which was their own up to them, of course. So effectively, a reward point was worth a penny. So if you spent £100 you'd get £5. Well, that £5 wasn't in cash, it was in reward points, which then could be taken off their future orders, loyalty points effectively, which could be taken off their future orders on their own thing. So we had customers who made hundreds, literally hundreds of pounds. I think someone was making thousands or over a thousand pounds a month just on referrals. So God knows what he did with all his supplements, but obviously he was referring a lot of people and then the other the guy was happy because he was getting 5% off his order and they ended up getting the order and they were happy with it because we had over a 90% retention rate. So it was a, it was very much a win-win. And that was unique in the market at the time. And now it's pretty much a, it's a must. I think everyone does it or everyone did copy it for a long time. I'm not sure what, where the market is now. But it was, um, it was revolutionary and it was an amazingly cheap, low-cost 
way of getting new customers because effectively the only cost we had was the cost of printing the cards, the business cards, which was obviously not very much, and giving away the five reward points for uh, each pound spent. Again, wasn't wasn't a big cost at all. Obviously, you need a strong product for people to refer it, but then it, then we sort of turbocharge it with this this idea, and it really worked. In fact, the stats were thirty three percent of all new customers in those early years came via a referral scheme, which is obviously an incredible channel. A third of all new customers could come via a referral scheme, which cost nothing. The cost per acquisition was pennies, so. It also gives validation to the business and the products because people, obviously, if they're referring it, they're going, to, they're happy with it. So the people who referred it then referred their friends, and their friends referred their friends, and it was a, it was a domino effect. So it was a super powerful marketing tool. So how could you apply that in your business? Obviously, that idea I did 16 years ago, um, and is is pretty widespread now. However, I do still still think there's merit in that. For sure, if you've got a good, strong USP and a, the business proposition is great and it's you feel people would recommend it, then absolutely put a referral scheme on top of your idea. People will refer stuff they like and it's it's it's, it's absolutely a no-brainer. However, the idea is, is done now. So people sort of expect it rather than are blown away with it. I think every company now has some sort of win-win referral scheme. So I'm going to split this question over two episodes because I'm over the 15 minutes and I'm conscious I don't want to go too long. However, it is a really, really important question because obviously without the customers in those early days, you don't have a business. And I know that's a real big question for people who are trying to bootstrap and obviously it's the fundamental part of growing a business, gaining customers. So I've got quite a few other areas I need to discuss or want to discuss with you. So I will follow it on with a part two next week. So on that note, guys, I'm going to log off now and I hope this was useful and appreciate you guys for listening and taking your time to listen. Once again, if you found it useful, please do tell a friend, a colleague or give us a share on any of your social media. It would be really, really appreciated. And yeah, let's um, let's hopefully help some other people if you found it useful. Hopefully they will. Okay, well, have a great week, everyone, and I'll speak to you the same time next week.